0: Welcome to your personal branding podcast with Bernard Kelvin Clive, your number one career and business podcast in Ghana, bringing you expert interviews and insights into personal branding, personal development, and publishing. Now, here's your host, Bernard Kelvin Clive. All right, welcome to another edition of your personal branding podcast. I'm your host, Bernard Kelvin Clive. And this particular episode, we want to look at finding your purpose, living your passion and zeal. And my guest today is a pilot, a military veteran, and an author of the book "The Art of Success." My guest today is Vince Kramer. Vince, welcome to the Personal Branding Podcast show.
1: Thank you, Bernard. It's so good to be here with you today.
0: It's a pleasure. I treasure. Vince, um, let's get a little bit fun. Get started. Um, as a pilot, how normally is your uh, normal day like? I know you, I know you don't, you might not be flying daily, but maybe weekly or something. How how does especially a day, a day that you have a flight? How is your pre-preparation like and all?
1: Well, I'll tell you, Bernard, it's, um, it, it, first of all, it, it takes a lot more time than most people think. So uh, on a normal day when I'm flying about five or six hours during the day, sometimes up to seven, my f- actual flight day takes uh, in the neighborhood of 12 hours. So... Mm-hmm. There's a lot more involved than you would think. So I usually show up about an hour prior to the flight. We have flight planning that we need to do. That that's getting the uh, understanding what the aircraft is all about. If there's any malfunctions on there that we need to know about. Anything that's deferred, which means there, you know, there's some things in an airplane that doesn't need to be operating for the day. Uh, we check our routing, we check the weather, so there's a whole bunch that goes into it, kind of like uh, what we do day-to-day in our lives, just preparing for our future.
0: Well, wow. I like the last line, kind of the daily-to-day activities that we do, like we are preparing for our future, so life can be akin to preparing to fly a plane. It involves a lot of activities in the daily and a massive preparation so that you can take off and land safely. The same way, that, uh, that's how life can be. I can do.
1: You bet, sir. Um, you know, it's just like uh, your work that you're doing. Hopefully, every day is a flight for us. We get to uh, uh, launch into who we are and share that with the world, and and really bring us out into the world in a way that we affect other people's lives, and then you know, bring it to a nice, gentle close at the end of the day, and kind of go back and reflect on on our day.
0: Wow. On that note, Vince, you wrote and publish, uh the Your Miracle Life series, which is online training program and actually a workshop based on what you call create model. How to, I mean, find your unique purpose formula? Can you walk us through on finding purpose in life? What do I need to do? Is it necessary? How do I find purpose and fulfillment in life?
1: Well, the the answers come from the inside, Bernard, and and that's probably. Um, the biggest part of our work for people to understand that uh, you, you, your purpose isn't going to show up at your door someday or it's not looking at what other people are doing around you and saying, you know, well, that looks like it's good. That looks like it makes a difference in people's lives. So so I'm going to go in that direction. Really finding your purpose comes from the inside. And we spend so much time um, wondering, what am I here to do? And who am I? And those are really, really great questions. But the the biggest part of that needs to start at where am I right now? Because in understanding where you are right now, it really opens up the door for you to understand truly what your purpose is because we've really been living it from the day we were born. We've been living our purpose and putting together our gifts and talents in a way that we really can affect life at a very high level as we get to know ourselves more and, and really delve into that world and we, you know when we think about purpose we think why am i here yeah. but really honestly there's three parts of your purpose your wow. your quintessence and that's the the real and concentrated essence of you that's that's who you are a, as a, um, a being and you're, you're radiating that out into the world and it's really important to know who you are at the heart level and what you're radiating out into the world and then the second part is is your gift and that's that's the uh, formula and the uh, way that you've put together your talents and gifts and and share them with the world. It's not just the gift that's been given to you, but it's how you take that gift that's been given to you and that you've developed and really take it out and share it with the world in your gift. And then the final part of your purpose, that's where you get into your divine intent. What are you really here for? That's, Mm. That's your mission. So, We work really hard to help people find those answers on the inside because there's no answers on the outside for any of us. And once you find the answers to those three questions, now you really got an idea of of how you can take you and everything that you've developed about you to this point out into the world.
0: Yeah. So, can you walk us through some some quick exercises, maybe questions on the mind of audience and. That some quick things. Now there are about three main questions that we need to ask yourself. Any quick exercise to walk us through?
1: You bet. Um, one of the, like I said, the, the best place to start is where am I? And right. we use several different methods to help you find those answers. Uh, one of them is conscious discovery, and we use active imagination, voice dialogue, and and even guided meditation. But uh, one of the quick exercises we could do has to do with our ego or mm-hmm. the personality that that we've developed in our lives to protect us. And and that's what uh, the ego is. It's the, the sub-personalities that we put together as a young child and up through our lives to protect us in those circumstances that... Uh, we didn't feel like we could handle those circumstances, and and we didn't know where to go from that. And then because we developed the ego, now we have some automatic reactions. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's start out with um, let's choose relationships. Mm-hmm. So I want everybody to um, we're we're going to work on relationships, and I want you to look at three or four times in your life where. Your relationship with an individual didn't go the way you wanted it to go, and just just kind of bring those three instances together. Just write them down on a piece of paper when you have them for me um i when I look at my relationships when it comes to people of the opposite sex and and girlfriends in the past or fiances in the past um i i can see two or three of them that that ended the exact same way and and those are the ones that i have in mind for me right now oh. and then the second step what i would like you to do is look at what the outcome was of those three relationships so for me i was um Uh, in love with these people that I'm thinking about. And I thought that the rest of my life could easily be spent with each one of them. (laughs) But what happened was, uh, for some reason, uh, we just started um, having disagreements. And we, we just weren't meeting each other's needs in all three of these cases. And they ended... Uh, Not in a bad way, but not in a way that um, those relationships continued in my life. So that was the end result for those three for me. So what were the end results for the three relationships that are very similar for you? And I'd just like you to write those down. Okay. And then after you've got those written down what were the circumstances or what were your automatic reactions that led to those end items all being the same. So I'll give you an example Mm -hmm. for me um, I grew up with a belief that nobody could love me the way that I love them. Ooh. And that came from my mother. Um, just She actually repeated that statement many, many times through my life. Yeah. So for me, in these relationships, what happened was I would uh, expect people to love me in a certain way, the way that I wanted to be loved. And when they didn't love me in that way... I believed it's because they really didn't care about me, and I started protecting myself by being nitpicky in in how they acted or uh, pointing out to them how, well, you can't love me because you're not doing this or doing that. Those are the, the automatic reactions that came from me when I started to feel like these people weren't going to love me the way I wanted to be loved.
0: So you you, so, so you you felt threatened then that your domain was being threatened because you felt they didn't like you so you're protecting yourself from
1: being hurt. Right, that's that's what my ego started mm. to do. It started to it started to pick out those things that proved to me that they really didn't care about me. They really didn't love me, and that that's an automatic reaction that was part of me. And we all have those automatic reactions. So I'd like everybody to go into those three relationships and find those automatic reactions that you had that led to, to your relationship not being what you expected it to be. And now what we're going to do is we're going to look for those things that are very similar. Um, So like I said, you know, I always started looking for proof that this person didn't love me. Yeah, and I always, and and I started, I, I started pointing out to them how much I was showing them that I love them, but they weren't showing me in the same way. Those are the common threads in those three relationships that I picked out. And that's really, uh, those are my automatic reactions. So once you have what the, the common threads are, write those down. And now we're going to take a look at, well, where did that possibly come from, those common threads? And for me, like I explained a little bit earlier, that common thread was I learned that because I heard my mother repeat so many times that nobody can love me the way that I want to be loved, I developed that belief. And that was a part of my ego that I developed um, I, I I actually call that part of my ego my champion because it's always there to protect activity. me from the from people. And um, so once I learned, and, and we can all do this, once we learn that we have this automatic reaction because of this belief, now it just comes down to mastering our mind and being in the present moment to realize that when those thoughts start. That it's not the other person; it's actually a programmed part of us, and we can look at changing our thoughts and really handling the situations a little bit different.
0: Mm, so, it's a, so, so primarily, it's a mental battle fighting our ego. We need to tackle it from there.
1: Yeah, and it's not. It's not fighting the ego. It's not getting rid of the ego. It's really learning why we developed each part of our ego and then learning how to work with it Mm. to really bring ourselves out into the world. You become so much more powerful when you you know that the ego is covering you from being hurt or going in the wrong direction, but at the same time, you're working with it to, to really bring all of you out into the world. And my, my belief is, Bernard, that each one of us has to open our heart up and share ourselves with the world for the world to be what we're looking for it to be. And knowing that we're working with the ego and it's there to protect us when our heart is open, it kind of gives us permission to be more authentic. It gives us permission to really step out into the world. And for the work that you do in personal branding, that's where we really need to get. We need to get to that place where we know we're safe, but we're willing to be authentic. We're mm. willing to open ourselves up to the world and share in a way that we've never shared before. No.
0: Well, so um, in in doing these things, once uh, normally on the average uh, the trainings the programs we've had so far, like how many, how long does it take? Does it take like some few days, a month, or weeks to really come to this realization of how you can really manage or live with your ego system, understanding yourself fully, and able to fully live your life to help others? How long would What do we say it takes?
1: You know, for, for some parts of the ego that we've programmed and some of our beliefs, uh, Bernard, it's as easy as just becoming aware that we have that belief or we have that part of our ego because it's, it, it might not be that strong. For other parts of the ego, for other parts of the beliefs, um, we, we may need to do some internal reframing and and just decide, you know, how do we want to, React in this situation, and we really don't want to react, right? We want to respond. So, yes, how how do we respond in, in that circumstance, or or how can I change my belief because beliefs aren't real? Those sometimes you you can do in a in sitting down in an afternoon and just what do I want to feel? What do I how do I want to respond? And then for others. Some of them are very deep. Some of them go back to a, a time frame where we thought we were going to be abandoned or we were going to be uh, not be loved or we started to feel like we weren't worthy. And some of those may take months to really go through the process. I mean, w- with the work that we do with people, you'll you'll start to see results right away. But because those feelings and those reactions are so deep and they, they pop up right from the, the unconscious or the subconscious in those moments that you're triggered, it may take a while. And the most, one of the most important parts of that, Bernard, is to just have compassion for yourself and understand that this programming is that deep, And with that deep programming, you've got to allow yourself some time to go through the process and and help the ego see that you're really not threatened in that area anymore. You might have been as a child, but now as an adult, you're you're really truly safe in that area because you have that reasoning capability to walk away if you want. But it takes some time to to get down to those deep core things that – we repress, we push down inside ourselves and forget that we have, or suppress and push down the, and and know that we have them. It takes a while for those to come to the surface and work through.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Vince, I posted. I asked um, um, some of the listeners to uh, send in some questions. So, here are some questions. There's a question from James. It's in two phases. The first phase is: What is the most fulfilling moment in your life as a military veteran, military officer? What was or what has been the most fulfilling moment for you?
1: Well, as a military officer, the most fulfilling event was uh, I I took uh, two crews as the uh, uh, ranking officer over to Desert Storm. And um, just uh, bringing all of them back happy and healthy was probably the biggest moment in, in my military career. And I I had a lot of great moments, but... When you when you take somebody's loved ones and you're responsible for somebody's loved ones in an environment like war, and have an opportunity to bring them back safe and sound to their loved ones, mm. uh, that that's so fulfilling to me. Yeah, I could
0: I, co- I co- feel that I could feel that. and the the second question uh, he asks James is. What is the greatest challenge for you as a pilot and how do you or how did you overcome it?
1: Wow, that's very interesting. So in the flying world there there's so many different challenges, but the day-to-day challenge is to make my crew and make my passengers feel safe and taken care of. And uh, I, I like to do that by uh, standing in the doorway and saying hi when the passengers come in, and and being there uh, to say goodbye when they leave, okay. so they can look at the person that's really taking their lives in their hands, and and to feel comfortable and to feel safe and to believe that I'm there for them just as much as I'm there for. Uh, taking that airplane from point A to point B, um, and it's a challenge because so many people, when they step up on an airplane, are, afra- are afraid. Mm. And then there's a whole other group of people that get on the airplane that, you know, maybe their day hasn't gone so well, or maybe the weather's not so good, and you know, it, it's they take it as a personal attack on them <laughs> that the airplane's late or the flight's not going. Mm. Uh, I'll give you a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, uh, I'm on a I'm out on a four-day trip right now, Bernard. And mm-hmm. yesterday, I I flew a flight, and we were actually four and a half hours late because of the weather in the Chicago, Illinois area. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, a man just. Uh, I, I you can't say it in any other way than he just chewed me a new one he was mm. so angry and you know united was messing up his life and and life you know what's wrong with your airline and why can't you be on time and you know so that the challenge there was to get him to see that you know first of all it wasn't personal mm. it was what was going on in the external world that we were dealing with But second of all, to let him know that I truly cared about how he felt and I understood how he felt. On the same note, I I wanted him to start feeling comfortable and um, calm inside himself because it's – dangerous to put somebody on an airplane that's that worked up and that upset about something and that affects the other passengers so that's the biggest challenge is to to really keep people in a place where they understand that they are cared for that somebody is looking out for them and uh, i'm doing my best to put them in the safest environment that i can put them in and
0: um, there's a question another question by uh, beniza um, He says, um, "Can you authoritatively say that um, you are doing you are doing God given assignment on your fulfilling your purpose, especially as a military officer?"
1: (laughs) Oh, that's a that's an awesome question, and uh, my answer is: we are always doing our God given mission, and it's working us in the direction that um, we can bring the the most of our gifts that were given to us by God that we developed through the lives that uh, we're living in in the most um, opportune ways. So uh, to give you an example, my military career taught me um, some amazing self-discipline. And that self-discipline that I learned through my military career as a transformational expert and as a transformational coach and teacher, um, I can bring the tools that I learned about self-discipline to all the people that I'm working with for them to, to really be able to hold that part of themselves in an energetic way so they can work with their ego because that's probably one of the toughest things that we do in our life. So, so I learned self-discipline in the military. The other thing that I learned in the military was I truly learned how to be a good teacher in the military. Wow. Um, I learned about teaching styles. I learned how to watch each individual and find out how they were learning and how they were able to grasp the information that uh, they needed to complete their jobs. I've been teaching flying since 1980 eighty nine. And and with all that experience, I've learned that each individual has their own way of getting information and retaining information. And each of them have their own way of showing you that they're not getting it. And then the military gave me the opportunity to learn that as I learned how to be a good teacher, as I learned how to to work with people, especially in very stressful situations when you know somebody's flying an airplane for the very first time, it's it's very stressful because it's so new to them. And I, I learned from that. And now when I sit down with a coaching client who's really having trouble figuring out why they're here in life and, and how to live – I can see the, the little idiosyncrasies of their personality and of their learning styles and I can find the right exercise, I can find the right words to help them move down their path a lot quicker. So, so yes, I, I do believe I was living my purpose as I went through the military because it developed so many of my gifts and talents that so I can share them now in the world.
0: Um, The question also from Juana says, she's saying that, so now you've mentioned how one can live on purpose and live in a purposeful life and all. So what are the pointers, what are the signs to show that you are not living your purpose in life?
1: Well, a lot of it is, um, well, first of all, you may be living, uh, well, like I said before, you actually are living your purpose. But the signs are, um, if you... If you look at life and think that there's there's got to be more to life, if you believe that you're doing everything that you're supposed to be doing and you're not as happy as you know you should be, that's probably a good sign. Mm. We also have little wake up calls. Uh, these wake up calls can be uh, one of the one of my early wake up calls was just realizing that there was something missing in my life. Mm what uh, what what would happen was you know I was very successful I learned the rules from from my grandfather and I've held uh, corporate level positions in a a military pilot with a lot of responsibility um, I've owned five businesses and uh, those were all successful But there was always just something missing in my life. And that was a little wake-up call for me to realize that I needed to be out sharing with the world in a way that people could start using their gifts and talents in a way that they felt happy, that they felt fulfilled, that they felt like they were making a difference. Um, I've got a a client, Bernard. His name is… Pete and Pete's a postman in the in the US and Pete was getting to reti- getting ready to retire at a fairly young age because he wanted to make a difference in the world and he thought that, you know, being a postman wasn't making a difference and he he, he knew that there was more purpose out there for him. We went through a VIP weekend. That's where you can come and work with me or my wife, Mary, one-on-one through a whole weekend and and truly look at who you are and and where you are meant to go from here. And through that process, what Pete realized was he was living his his purpose. He was living it fully because when he would go out on his route and deliver his mail, all his Postal customers, they were standing at the door waiting for him every single day because he made a difference in their lives. And in making a difference in their lives and bringing happiness into their lives, he was truly living his purpose. And what was so awesome about Pete was he decided he didn't want to retire. He wanted to continue to live that life because – he was motivating people every day. He was bringing more energy into their lives, and, and their days were happier because of Pete. So um, it's, it's looking for, are you experiencing joy in most of the things in your life? And even when things aren't going right, do you are you able to step back and, And look at that circumstance and really understand how it's helping you grow in the direction of your purpose. And that's a big part of our Your Unique Purpose formula that you mentioned is really to look at your life and realize that there's a gift in every single part of it. And what is that gift and where is it taking me on my path?
0: Wow. So in day to day living activity, especially you are as a pilots and all um military veteran, what are some of the most fulfilling points in your day, or things that you say ah at the end of this day I feel that uh, um, I've I've lived a fulfilled I mean day or not even like a day like daily moments that you that makes you get that you get your aha moments, the sense of I've done something right.
1: Uh, that's that's a very easy question and thanks for an, asking it um one of the things that i've learned through my all my careers is that you really teach by example it's not what you well, not the information you share it, it's really really being the example of of who you're sharing and who you're telling people that they truly can be and my most fulfilling moments in a day is when I walk by somebody and smile at them, really looking at them and knowing that they're someone special, and giving them a big smile and seeing that smile come back in a way that you you know that you touched their heart for even if it was for just that second.
0: Mm. Well, so ma- making the most of every moment that at least could be a smile, it could be a handshake. Maybe a small gift or something like that that touched the heart of somebody to make the world a more better place and more fulfilling.
1: It's kind of spreading my personal brand when I can give a little bit of me to each person that I come in contact with during the day.
0: Oh, I like that. That's a piece of your brand and then noted you that Vince attached hearts of people in very various ways. I mean sharing a piece of a smell with them to make them best they mean, having a delayed flight. He is there to make sure that they feel that comfortable and at ease and you are the man that does that for them.
1: Vince. Yes, sir. I, and I hope I do that every single day.
0: <laughs> Great. Vince, as we round up, I uh, will ask what will be your 1000000000 dollar advice to the world on finding your purpose and living a fulfilled life.
1: Listen to the answers that are on the inside of you. Listen to your heart. And that doesn't mean to ignore your brain, to ignore your head, but the heart is really giving you each step that you need to take. And by listening to the inside of you, your path becomes so much easier. Wow.
0: Thank you very much, Vince, for your time. Where can listeners get access to you and your book and your services?
1: You bet, uh, Bernard. I'll tell you what. Um, I would love to make uh, several things available to your audience. So if okay. they go to vincekramer.net, that's… V-I-N-C-E, Kramer.net, Kramer like uh, the Seinfeld character, S- forward slash personal branding, all one word. I'm going to give everybody an opportunity to download uh, my chapter in the best-selling book with Jack Canfield, uh, the Mastering uh, Art of Success book, and it's uh, really learning how to create your miracle life. Um, Also, if you'd like to download the the, uh, Miracle Life Blueprint, that is the CREATE model. That's every single step, all six steps of of the model that we teach in our training programs to help people not only discover but to create and live their miracle life. That's available to you there. And for... The first five people that qualify, I'm going to give a 20 to 30-minute Your Life, Your Way breakthrough session with either myself or or my wife, Mary, where we'll find what your miracle life would look like, what's the biggest obstacle, obstacle getting in the way, and then what's your next best step to move down that path towards your miracle life. Wow, this so that's is huge. Uh, Vince. VinceKramer.net forward slash personal branding, Bernard.
0: Uh, listeners, head on to VinceKramer.net slash personal branding and get access to all these information for free. This is amazing. Take the offer again and go to VinceKramer.net slash personal branding and get access to all this and more. Vince, thanks for your time and for the knowledge shared. And I believe our listeners will find this really, really resourceful.
1: Thank you, Bernard. It was such a pleasure to be here. And thank you for what you're doing to the world, bringing your heart to the world so people can truly bring their personal branding out.
0: It's a pleasure I treasure. Alright, so if you enjoyed this podcast, head on to Amazon.com slash Otter slash Bernard Kelvin and get all my books on building a successful personal brand. Personal brand, corporate branding, just go to Amazon.com slash Otter slash Bernard Kelvin or at best just go to Amazon.com and search for Bernard Kelvin Clive. All my books will be available to you. Just purchase copies and buy some for your friends. The best is yours.